seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And a very, very happy 80th episode to all of you. Yes, happy 80th episode to everyone. Merry Christmas. And it's June, but hey, every day is a celebratory day on The Hopeless Show. And, you know, they say it's Christmas somewhere. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, right. It's gotta be, <laughs> like in so, Australia or something. I think it's it is Christmas in Australia because yeah, it's the sure other it's side happening. of the planet, right? So it's probably like when it's June here, it's December there. Do you do you think Australian Santa has kangaroos instead of reindeer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. You got to admit. And do you think he says instead of ho, 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 he just says, groiky, groiky, groiky. <laughs> no, he's more like can't, can't, can't. And, um, <laughs> and then his his sleigh, because of it needs to have really good shocks because of all the, the bouncing from. Oh, yeah. He, you got Rudy, the kangaroo. And <laughs> him, him and all the other cats, just pulling the cats. And instead of cider, what, what does Santa bring? Hot chocolate? He brings Well, no, I think Foster's. you leave hot chocolate for Santa. Oh. Yeah. So he gets left Foster's yeah. beer. Hey, you got some Foster's beer? Which, and by then, the way, for those who don't know, Foster's isn't in Australia. No. Yeah, it's not. And But at least if, if you, or if you leave out leftovers from Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yes. Because I'm sure that's everyone in Australia's favorite restaurant. <laughs> you know, Australian Santa is amazing. Um, yeah. He's just Look like, it. he comes out of the bush, you know, and he's like, oi. And, and then he like captures a crocodile. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And then he like, he hits children with boomerangs <laughs> when they're bad. And that's also all he gives as gifts. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. Boomerangs and. Um, Crocodile Dundee DVDs. Yes. <laughs> so any, that's the, yeah, that's a perfect our Australian segue. listeners out there. We're not sorry. <laughs> no, no, we get you is what we do. Yeah. So the our theme today because is same old story because we see history repeating itself again and again and again. But as you just saw with our take on Christmas from us. The story is going to be different. Yes. So a lot of these things today, and uh, we're yeah we're going to get to some doozies. But the, a lot of them today, we're going to bring a different take, a different bit of hope on a story that we keep hearing again and again and again in the world. But first, we have news from the bomb shelter slash quarantine slash. LA now is saying they're going to do like a mask mandate maybe again, which anyway, we just, it's the same old shit. So, uh, what, what's been going on? What have you been up to, Rohit? Oh man, let's see. Uh, outside of, you know, been very busy with work. I have been, uh, I would say celebrating the arts 
quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the musical arts. Yeah. So what have you seen? What haven't I seen? There was a wonderful Saturday recently um, on the lawn of the Rose Bowl outside. Um, <laughs> saw every band from, or a lot of bands from the mid-2000s, you know, ranging from MIA, Interpol, Islands, Franz Ferdinand, Wolf Parade, uh, who else? Santa Gold, I yep. think you Santa saw. Santa Gold was you? there. Um, Chromeo, we missed, sadly. Um, I, I saw a little. Oh, or I, oh, spoiler, I was there too. Yeah! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yes. I actually saw some Chromeo. Yes, we were both um, technically there. We were technically both there. And for anyone who likes music of any kind, I really do recommend one of wherever you live, they happen everywhere at this point. One of these festivals where you go and they have some good food, they have good um, music, and the ambience is good. So pick a place where it's cool, wherever you live, just a, a location that's cool. There's usually a festival in the summer of some sort, and they're just very fun. They're very enjoyable. You can chill, you can sit, you can walk, you can watch, you can really make it whatever day you want it to be. And there's also festivals for all types of music. So mm -hmm. if you haven't been to one in a while, look at what your local festival might be. And there's probably five and they're all going to have something that one of them will have something that interests you. So I really recommend it. Yeah. And if you drink enough, you'll enjoy any music. <laughs> yeah. Not that we do no. and not that we did because no. we don't advocate for that. We, uh, uh, this is a substance free show. Yes. But we, um, but if you do like that stuff, yes, or bring your own broccoli shakes and um, <laughs> cans of tuna, and just there's probably it. a vegan festival where like the Indigo Girls headline. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, that is that cancelable? Did I just no, get canceled no. for? I feel that? if Lilith Fair was still happening, it would be very vegan. Very vegan, yeah. Lilith Fair. Yeah, Lilith Fair was that's some fucking amazing acts. I wonder why it stopped. Actually, I'm going to look up, did it stop? Because I'm just assuming it's it Watch, it's like, it's like next week. Yeah. It's the and biggest festival on the planet. It was a concert tour. Uh, they revived it. It was only happened in 97, 99, and 2010. Apparently, it only happened three times. It felt like it happened all the times. Yeah. And it was with, like, Indigo Girls. And, like, I bet Alanis Morissette played it. Yeah, I mean, you had some like you had like Fiona Apple, Jewel, Cheryl, Lisa Loeb. Did Lisa Loeb? Oh, Sarah McLaughlin for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lisa Loeb's on there. Yep, you're right. Indigo Girls are on there. You're right. Um, oh, the three girls, the Dixie Chicks. Did they do it? Uh, Dixie Chicks did not see them on there. Oh wow, there's Kay's Choice. Remember that song? I'm not an addict, baby. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have known the artist, but yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't thought about that band in forever. Yeah, but it's the yeah Lilith Fair was an all female led uh, festival with incredible lineups. Holy shit! Should we start it? Should we do like the Hopeless Show presents twenty twenty three's Lilith Fair? I would happily sponsor that. <laughs> that Dude, sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean like there's like the biggest like we'd have like the Megan world. the Stallion. We'd have. Uh, 
Lizzo, Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Cardi B. WAP would be like the headlining song. Oh yeah, this is very. Di- it's a very different Lilith Fair. Yeah, this would be fucking lit. <laughs> but well, Talk speaking of lit, yeah, should we, should we just dive in to what we've got to dive into? Yeah, it's probably a good idea, Aaron. Um, are we talking about our first topic? I think so. I mean, I could go on about a couple other things but, that happened during the uh, during the time away, but. Yeah, I, I think, don't think yeah, people we've been care enough. The lead let's, long enough. Let's um, just go for it. And back to our theme of same old story. It's it's sick how desensitized we've become. It's still heartbreaking, but another shooting. And well, no, you can't say another shooting. It's it's another shootings. Another shootings. Yes, there's been sixteen in the last week. And at this point, everybody's tired of hearing about it because, oh, they're just so commonplace. And there was, in the 1960s, there was, I think, one mass shooting that wasn't committed by the government. And now it's gone up significantly since then. And Hmm. we're just having a shooting almost every day. In America, you know, there was last year, there was over 200 mass shootings. Um, this year, we're, I think, over 100 already. Only and good thing about lockdown is there were less shootings in yep. 2020. That was literally the only thing that stopped it. And you think about it, it's gun laws have not evolved as much as they've needed to. But in some places, they've been still harder to get that. I don't understand it. If you there was just a shooting, there was just another one. Wait, like how just recently? like. Uh, two at three hours ago, Iowa gunman kills ex girlfriend, another woman, then himself in church parking lot. Jesus. So, so ex girlfriend, just a random woman, and then himself. That happened uh, in Iowa today. Unreal. I mean, all right. I don't want to interrupt your. No, no. Well, and keep it's just, going. And it's just extremely. Like I just don't know. It's, it's hard to point out a reason. And there's lots of different types of gun violence. And there's some, you know, whether it's gang-related violence or whether it's school shootings, whether it's people just kind of going postal. The fact is that it seems that mass shootings seem to be the choice of action when it comes to generally suicidal males or outcast males or someone that's been wronged, taking it out, whether on their classmates, coworkers, or someone just even that feels that they've been wronged from a fucking organized crime sense or gang sense. Like, it, it's it's crazy. And I think it's bigger than school shootings. For example, the U.S. is third in murders throughout the world. And then you have some of the yeah. biggest cities with Chicago, Detroit, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, and New Orleans. If you remove those five, the U.S. drops down to 189th out of 193 countries in the world in terms of murders. But the fact is, we're still shooting children in places that are not those cities. The fact is that in many places, you can still get guns without a waiting period. Many places, you can still go to a gun show as a teenager and walk out same day with a firearm. Mm. And Aaron, I, I just don't know how many more people need to die 
before we actually do something. And this feels like the same old story. So how do we bring hope to possibly the darkest topic in America? Well, here I've been doing a little bit of investigative research. And here is where the story has to change. People's lives, children's lives, adults' lives, all these victims have become about politics and about money and about people, the few, getting elected to represent the masses. It's not about the masses anymore. It's not about the country. It's about certain politicians getting elected because they have to appeal to like 10% of the population. And that's what has to stop. So now here's some hope for how I think it can stop. Not that it will happen overnight. But I believe that in the case of the gun politicization that's gotten us to not do anything, I think both sides have points that are correct. And that means I think Republicans have things that they're saying that are correct in general, and Democrats have things that are correct. In order for us to move anywhere in this issue, people as a whole and politicians as a whole have to realize that there are good points being made on both sides. And in order to get change, because nobody wants their kids and their family members or themselves getting killed randomly by acts of gun violence, that we have to do things that both sides want. And actually, the president yesterday gave a speech about this where he kind of laid out some smart talking points. I think it was uh, overall he said exactly the basis what should happen. Um, it's just the problem is it's still it's it's politics and like it's getting 10 senators of the 50 Republican senators to come over to the Democrat side. I don't think we need to be talking in terms of that language anymore about someone coming over to another side or vice versa. It's it comes down to we, we talk about this on the show a lot logic. So on the Republican side, they say, well, why don't we have things like for schools, there should be one point of entry and there should be a cop at each school so that um, children are protected and cops were were uh, removed from a bunch of a lot of schools. I forget the, the laws exactly. I believe that that makes sense. Like that's a Republican... Um, initiative that I don't disagree with at all. I think that having one point of entry at a school or a church or a temple, they already have it at a lot of temples and churches, just makes sense. It's like, this is how you control who's going in and out of a place like a school. And it would, I think, stop some of this from happening. Um, I think everyone talks about it being a mental health issue. So, but the Republicans say it's, um, it's uh, which is one of the dumbest sayings ever invented. Uh, 
guns don't kill guns, people kill guns. Uh, people, people kill, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And I'm not going to get it. I think every, our listeners can understand why that's ridiculous. But it does go down to mental health. We do need more funding for mental health. We do need to tackle that issue more. We do need to realize that a lot of these people who do these killings are mentally unstable. Yes. And I mean, hell, and it's the party, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing you can, the cold guns don't kill people. People kill people. I partially agree with, I mean, we don't have the acid attacks and the truck bombings that you have in like other countries, but still our, our culture of violence is so out of control that at this point, it's almost you give anybody anything and they're going to find a way to fucking kill somebody. And the party that does talk about needing, it's not a gun thing, it's a mental health thing, is the same party that keeps cutting mental health or, or not funding it or not supporting it. So you cannot back that argument and saying we need better mental health by also defending initiatives that take away from mental health. And it is just, it's senseless. And this is where the... Here's the solution. Mm -hmm. We won. We must on either side start voting out people who are all about just one side of the aisle only. That that where they are, they're just extreme. Extreme on the right, extreme on the left is going to get our country nowhere. I firmly believe that, and especially with this issue. This issue. Yeah. Me personally, I'm not a gun guy. I am uh, just, they don't do it for me. I, I don't sure. feel power in them. I'm not, I just don't. It's not a thing where I'm like, I don't think they're cool. Like it's just, I like movies where people, you know, cop movies and stuff, but like, I don't, not a gun guy, but it is, um, it, it is our constitutional right to carry. That also means on the Republican side, you can understand that we need to have reform. We need to change these laws. We need to have what if you're a Republican and you're no, I'm not going to say Republican. If you're someone who's just so adamant that everyone needs to be able to get a gun no matter what right away. Don't you want your kids to be safe? And if you're a good law abiding gun citizen, don't you want other people who aren't to to have to pay a price and not get a gun because you're doing your duty. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why you'd be against the thing that you're saying you're all about. I mean and here and here's what I can speak from cuz I am a gun owner and I'm a responsible gun owner. I've gone to training. I keep you know, I keep in practice and this shit's locked the fuck away in a safe and <laughs> out of range behind a bunch of shit. I'm not telling my listeners where in my house, cause that's not what a responsible person does. Um, but it, it, it's, it's in the dog bowl. It, yeah. <laughs> I keep it in my dog bed, just hidden under there. So at least he can go blap, blap in case we have any intruders. But um, no, the, I think when I believe in the right to bear arms, but the, that part of the constitution was written before you could buy an M6 with a Picatinny with a Picatinny rail, and you could have just like big mags that are just firing shit off, the the technology yeah. has changed so much that it's not the same old days of putting some gunpowder in and then taking a fucking like straw thing and 
and like shoving it down the barrel of a gun. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then like, okay, now I've got this rifle that I loaded. Boom. And then doing it again. That's kind of different than than what we have now. Um, and where, it's where some guy can turn 18, go to a store in Texas, buy a gun and go shoot up a school like that day. He actually went to a store, I think in Minneapolis and bought it. Right. And then drove it down to Texas and then like, drove down. But it's like, you just yeah. turn 18, you go do like that just shouldn't be allowed. Sh- and I don't know why people who are so for, uh, guns don't also want that. That's where it shouldn't but be politicized like this. Yes. But it he, becomes about politicians needing money from the, but he, Here's what keeps me a little bit hopeless on that, Aaron, is the states with the strictest gun control laws have the worst gun violence rates. And that to me just doesn't make sense. You'd figure, like, I really like what California does. Two-week mandatory waiting period. Background checks. Every time you buy ammo, you provide your license. It gets registered. Every, like, and I know some people feel that's overbearing. Honestly, it's... And responsibility. I, and there was, and I think both you and I watched this videos by a TikToker. He's a former Marine, big beard. Um, he's like oh, really yeah. entertaining on TikTok. He's like US, angry USMC vet. I'm, I've probably got it mixed up, but the you can you can find his videos. But he's a former Marine, and he's talking about like common sense gun legislation, which is so hard to pass. And follow a lot of countries, sorry, a lot of states following California's rules, but make it even tougher. Having regular training to prove, dude, if we have to get a regular training to drive a car, renew our license, right? And we have to be of sound mind for something that is so dangerous and so powerful. Like there should be more regulation. And then well, here's, have- the, here's the problem One, with that. You just said it. Where did the guy in Texas get his gun? He went out of state. Out he of state. He went to Minnesota and then you can still come right back to your state and do whatever you want to do. Yep. So, yep. uh, I, like, I think that the, that argument that I've heard from people who are anti gun reform for reasons that I think they should check themselves a little, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't, that argument goes nowhere. Yeah. You can just drive to another state. I could go from, uh, California to Arizona right now and do bad things with it's like you or vice versa like you could it, but but there's just one other thing because you brought up the historical aspect of the Second Amendment and you know what the first three or four words are in it a well regulated militia yep this is built on a the idea of a well regulated militia being necessary, it's I'm reading it now verbatim. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-regulated, yeah, well-regulated militia. And that's, and that's where a lot of the debates coming on because of the spirit of the word regulated is a government regulation. At the time, many argue, uh, constitutional scholars argue that regulation, like so well-regulated, means properly trained all that not regulated by the government. But even if with that gotcha, we have people that aren't getting training. When I was purchasing my firearm, there was a woman who was literally demoing, you were at, because you, you actually, you hold the gun that you're, that you're looking at, and she was looking at a handgun, a little tiny silver one. 
She literally didn't even have any trigger discipline. She's, even though the gun was empty, the whole rule of a gun is it's loaded. Even when you know it's not loaded, it's loaded. And even when you're looking at it, you never point it. Even though it's, there's no mag in there, you never point it. She's got, and you never put your finger on the trigger. She's got her finger on the trigger. Clicking the trigger, just like toy gunning it. And the guy behind the counter is like, put that down. And like, and but for he, she got kicked out of the store. He wouldn't let her purchase anything. But that's California. And that's yeah. LA. I don't, I bet you that woman could have gone to another state and be like, ah, hey, look at that, you know, and just bought something. And I think the idea of well-regulated, even if it's, oh, the, well, it's not about government regulation, it's no, but it's trained. If, if, if we're going by that definition, it's still trained, it's still properly informed, and you don't have people like this woman or other people that, have, and you've seen all these videos of people at the ranges blowing their hands off, running, mm -hmm. like just doing really dumb shit. And, I look at Switzerland. I would love your opinion on this, Aaron. Mm -hmm. So Switzerland has one of the highest gun ownership rates on the planet. Um, right now, it's estimated between one in four to one in three Swiss people own a gun. And they don't have mass shootings. They, have, they don't have any. And what they actually do is they mandate gun ownership for men between 18 to 34 because they have to actually serve in the Swiss army and they need to be reserves need to have be able to even though Swiss Wait, states, they don't just use knives? Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, what the hell? I thought Swiss? they have like the big knife that's like super thick with like a toothbrush. All the different things. Yeah. It's yeah, not the like, yeah, the toothbrush, the toothpick. They <laughs> yeah. I thought the Swiss just used their knives. <laughs> yeah. It's got all of that. So, but they actually train even from kids from a young age they have all this so what I think is so foreign and kind of scary is like, I mean, I was trained when I was a Boy Scout and even a Cub Scout. We learned how to fire rifles. We learned gun safety. We learned all of that. And their kids grow up with a good relationship and understanding and a training. And while that almost might seem like, whoa, opening the floodgates, to me, it's an, at least an interesting concept. At least it, we, I want, I think there's two schools, either heavily regulation or lots of ownership and lots of training, both are scary. I think it's for both. different reasons. See, I think it's a, again grayer. I think it's a yeah. bit of both. I just think yeah. even the two week turnover period. What like you get your your learner's permit, and then you have to wait to get your driver's license. Like I don't yep. understand why that can't be in place. And some of these talking points about funding mental health more, about one entry for uh, schools, about having police at schools. Why there can't be a bit of both? Why can't we just have a bit of both from both sides of the aisle so that everyone realizes this isn't about politics, this is about life and death. And this should be the number one issue on every politician's agenda. I don't think there's anything bigger in America right now. There is no bigger problem that we have in this country than our gun problem. And I think we need some common sense, we need some training, we need regulation, in one way or another and vote out politicians who are too one-sided we need to get we need to the, we talk about draining the swamp we need to drain the swamp of these people that are run by uh by gun lobbyists because I, yes you'll and still I, get your guns you'll still get them but in a proper legal manner and also on the left people who are just like get rid of every gun that's not going to get us anywhere yeah. either I so, think we need gun owners on the left and gun owners on the right to form their own non-NRA co coalition to say, listen, this is a, this 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 expands beyond political spectrum. There is something that needs to be done, and its safety is the number one priority for our children, for our families, for everyone. And I think that 
everybody's kind of selling right now because you just have the NRA and then you got the anti-gun and people that are scaring all this shit and NRA is obviously I think a very evil presence within our fucking country and they might not even be around much longer I know and so you just need somebody that's common sense and that's full of decency that can get bipartisan support and I think pass necessary gun measures that will protect these children and maybe reduce I don't know if we'll ever get rid of school shootings now it's so fucking part of the culture but I don't want things like Uvalde to happen or all the 15 other shootings that have happened since then. So, and amen. And, and you said a big thing. You said that this is the number one issue, but I'm going to challenge that. I think this is the number two issue oh. uh, uh, in our country right now. I think oh. the number one issue is uh, the current state of cryptocurrency. Ooh, yes. I stand corrected, Aaron. <laughs> because <laughs> our crypto portfolios are looking like shit they're so bad there's nothing we have the segment crypto watch and we talk about crypto right now there's nothing to talk about it's a mess this thing has dive bombed and uh right now for everyone who's into cryptocurrency i have no advice i don't have anything to add it all sucks and it's really sad, and that is our that is really the number one problem we have in our country right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only way we're gonna get. I kid, crypto... I kid. It's not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I know. We, guys, remember the show is also humor. We don't need to call out sarcasm when we say it. Um, we ask our listeners to listen with caution and intention. Um, <laughs> and so. Yeah, crypto sucks, but the only way we're going to get out of this crypto market is if somehow I feel more and more uh, retailers, vendors start accepting crypto and crypto can be a form of currency that maybe isn't as impacted by the current inflation that we're going through right now. I think if people can find a way to make it feel like it's a safer way to pay and a safer way to invest and you know but then again we're not experts and the hard part and i think all of us is like yeah sure it's great these vendors accept crypto but why would i spend the crypto if it's going to be worth more later and let other people spend it and it's just like it's like i i can't buy things with crypto because what if it goes up that's kind of like the world i'm at right now i would spend yeah. it if i know it's going to go down and then um i so. would love to know the future so I let hey Legos are the best investment. Gold is the second best investment. Maybe it's just safer to buy those two. And uh, what's the third? And then Pogs is the third best investment. Pogs. No, yeah, I I feel the third must be some kind of futures type thing, but I don't know. Um, well, well, we're gonna move on because we're this is depressing. So we're gonna move on to a debate. Yeah. And this debate, I'm curious what you think. So. The January 6th, 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Was it 2020 or 2021? No, 21. 21. Um, the January 6th, 2021 insurrection of the Capitol, the committee that's been working on figuring out what the hell happened and how this all went down, uh, they're going to be having their hearings. And it's been announced that they're going to have, and I know your opinion of the, the January 6th thing is that it, there was a little bit of funniness to it. It was fucking hilarious. But, 
So um, I, I don't share his opinion totally. Uh, I mean, the shaman guy was funny. Like it was yeah. funny seeing this shaman, this shaman guy. But like I don't, I don't think I think seven people died. So that part's not funny at all. Um, I mean, Roe, you know, it's kind you, of you, funny. <laughs> Jesus. Well. We haven't gotten we've we've made it eighty episodes. I mean, if that if this is it, this is it. Uh, but the January. Have you heard what is happening with the January sixth hearings? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I've been following some of it. You know, we've got. Uh, I think Steve Bannon is going to be uh, getting some uh, some heat. Um, well, well, I'm not talking about the specifics. What's happening? Oh, yeah. uh, how they're going to be doing the proceedings? No, inf- let's 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 uh, inform all of us. So the January 6th hearing starting June 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific are going to be on primetime TV. They're going to it's going to be a show like they're making it so that people can watch. Not like the daytime hearings, you know, on C-SPAN. This is going to be primetime hearings, a TV like like they're kind of making it a show like everyone watch it on primetime. And the first one is is June 9th. And I want to know what your opinion is on that. I think, and let's see if uh, if we have an agreement or disagreement. I think it's going to backfire. Um, one, I don't think anybody's going to get really convicted for anything. Um, two, the I think once you bring humans onto the stand, you're going to get natural sympathies for many people. Um, while I do, like I said, I do think January sixth was very bad. And very hilarious at the same time, <laughs> um, because fuck politicians, they should be scared at all times. Um, I'm going on the record and saying that fuck them. Um, but so I love that part. Um, I think there's precedent, Aaron, mm-hmm. that is far greater. So um, this was uh, two women named Susan Rosenberg and Linda Sue Evans um, on November seventh, nineteen eighty three. Their left wing activists had placed a bomb in the U.S. Capitol. It tore through the second floor of the Senate wing in an attempt to assassinate Republican senators. On his last day of office, President Bill Clinton commuted their uh, 58 and 40 year sentences at the request of New York Democratic Rep. Representative Jerry Nadler. The first dem- domestic terrorist attack against our, the Capitol um, was not by the Trump supporters, many people believe. So this happened in 83. Um, and Nadler's also, been around that long. Yeah, dude, he's old as fuck. Um, and also, um, one uh, Rosenberg uh, is still involved in heavily in the Democrat Party, and she's actually the treasurer for BLM. So, if they got away, they got off. They actually bombed and tried actually assassinating, tore through the floor. Now these morons in January six dressed up like the shaman, absolute like out of shape, delusional morons carrying flags. Here's the thing: they were escorted in. The doors were opened by security, okay? They also left when they were asked to leave. Sure, they shit on walls, stole podiums, <laughs> broke windows. Um, but I think- Feels like every hearing in the news today involves poop. Yes, We had yes. the jo- Amber, Tur- Amber yeah, Heard Amber pooping in the bed. Yeah. We've got the guys pooping on walls in the Capitol. <laughs> so I think that there was definitely some very bad actors and a lot of morons. Mm-hmm. Um, and even hell, let's just say the dick control. It's not like capture the flag. Oh, hey, we got the most people in the building now. Now we run the country. That's not how it works. Um, no guns were brought in. 
I'm not defending them. I'm saying they're fucking idiots and I don't think it should have happened. Um, but I found it very funny. And I do think that really, I don't think, I think this is going to be a public showcase of nobody getting convicted for anything. All right. Well, this is why we have debates. Yeah. Because I disagree completely with you. Um, the people who, who did the insurrection, a lot of them are in jail. Like, a lot of people are already in jail and spending a lot of time in jail for but not what they without, did. They're on jail waiting trial. Mm, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, not one person has been convicted yet. So here, but here is what I, uh, I actually think the shaman got convicted, but he took a plea, I believe that was, but yeah, it's, but nobody's, I hope he's dressed as the shaman in jail. (laughs) 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 And he's just like, I want a live feed of him. Just trying to say prayers and like, well, to kind of like get out. And it's just like, and you just like, and then it fast forwards, you know, that meme with the skeleton sitting on a chair, just waiting. And it's just that with a shaman hat. (laughs) And, Um, and, and, and you see below his feet. Soap. Yeah, like, Jungle, don't, get, don't get me wrong, Aaron. I found comedy in the day, and I want to find more comedy in the hearings and just see these people that were so fucking stupid to break in. I want to see them get torn apart, and it'd be fucking hilarious. Like, I'm just here for the comedy of it because this is how I cope. <laughs> okay, well, at least you said that last sentence because uh, now we know your true inner demons and how you uh, how you fight this daily battle that is life. But. Yeah. But uh, I I disagree with you because I think it's this is less about the insurrectionists and more about the people behind the scenes. And I believe this committee in in order to do. Oh, you do agree. Okay, so in order to do in order to get attention and get people to see what really happened, I think this committee putting it on primetime. While that's funny in its own right, that this is becoming like a TV show, is uh, that part I think is kind of silly. It doesn't need to be a TV show. Um, I think that there are they do have things, and they are going to get people probably from close to the top, if not the top, in some deep water because they have uh, they have what really happened, and I think there was parts of it personally that were an inside job. There were people. Um, from the very top down with maybe even Trump with Trump and you know, there's just so many things that have leaked about it. I think that there's going to be, there are going to be people that get in trouble, but it's going to be the people who helped make this happen or inspired people to do it or let, or gave the tour the day before to people in order so that they could see access points. There just were things that happened because this was, this is too hard to pull off without it being a bit of an inside job as well. Uh, I mean, even, Trump apparently like was mad when they were telling people to stop saying hang Mike Pence. I'm and that's like a fat like that. And that's so surprising because he's such a classy guy. He's such a classy guy. So <laughs> I and then he's going to deny all of it and say it was all uh, yeah. it's all a hoax and all this stuff. But uh, I think that, yeah, I think some people will uh, get in trouble. Yeah, I think they're not going to get Trump. But I do think that what's going to happen is there will be a couple sacrificial lambs that will be get convicted on some sort of conspiracy charges. But they're they're not going to be treason. It's not going to be any of that. And you are going to have some people. You're also going to have some of the the intruders that they're also going to, have to just serve up. Okay, they'll probably get like five or ten of them and say, okay, all right, these guys are going to go to prison for. I think it'll be beyond trespassing, but I also don't think it'll be treason or insurrection. 
Um, so I think you'll have probably five to 10 people that are going to serve 20 years and you'll probably get a couple high ups that we whose names we probably don't even know right now, but they're going to be the ones that are going to sacrifice and probably behind the scenes, their families will be taken care of and all this kind of shit. Well, so, I'm going to make a prediction that goes against that, that I believe there will be at least one or two names that are big names that we know that, yeah. that get, uh, that get in massive trouble in, in due time. I think, yeah. I mean, let's see. Let's see. I think the, the, the part of the nation that's like stroking their wieners in anticipation for like a, like big names going down, it's going to be severely disappointed, but that's, that's the point of this bit. We shall see. Let's see what happens. Um, again, like I said, I, I don't, I, I, yeah. Tune I in, just, tune yeah. in on a very special January 6th hearing. Yeah. Like I want them to treat it like. They used to like do ad like advertising for Beverly Hills 90210. On the next episode of January 6th, Insurrections. <laughs> Steve Bannon <laughs> testifies about Mike Pompeo in a love triangle with Hope Hicks that you don't want to miss. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so let's go on to sports because we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta keep going. We have, I mean, there's so much to talk there's so about. So much to cover, but this and, one, I just, I, yeah. and oh, I mean, and same old story-wise, just to tie it back to this. Yes, I think that this January. We've been hearing about January 6th forever and stuff. I believe that the same old story on this is going to be a new story. This is now where the new story is going to be written. Yeah, and I think just out of being that someone that literally volunteered on September 13th, 2001, and I was down in ground zero, to hear still actual politicians in office call January 6th worse than 9-11, that's part of the reason I'm just hoping that... Well, that's just incorrect. That's that is just egregious, and we have elected officials that have said that shit, so fuck them. Um, anyway, so let's move to sports, Aaron. Uh, same old story. And I think the same old story, Aaron, is yes. that we are seeing really inappropriate tweets about the first, you know, we, I think most recently we saw some tweets coming from Adam Schefter on uh, the death of Dwayne Haskins, uh, Redskins quarter, sorry, uh, Steelers quarterback, former Washington Redskins quarterback. Um, and Marion Barber, who's also, you know, only 38 years old, former running back for the Dallas Cowboys, he passed away and we it might be suicide, whatever it is, it, it's something dark's happening. But this was the tweet. And he's not related ABC to Tiki Barber, right? No, he's not related to Tiki. Only Rondé is related to Tiki. Okay. Um, so Marion Barber, this was the tweet from ABC News. Uh, Justin, Marion Barber III, for the former Dallas Cowboys running back who scored plenty of touchdowns without recording a thousand yard season, has died. The team said Wednesday. Wednesday. He was 38. <laughs> the fact that they have to mention, Aaron, that he failed to hit a thousand yards despite scoring lots of touchdowns. Before the fact that he died or was 38, the fact that he even had to mention that in his obituary tweet is horrible and I, I don't I, I I mean I know I sent this to you and the guys as soon as I saw it I was like what the absolute all right I'm gonna give you hope yeah <clears throat> I think it would be absolutely hilarious if like when I die some one writes Aaron Wolf never won an Oscar or was nominated <laughs> filmmaker <laughs> dies <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it is pretty funny. Um, but row it the as... row it the wani. Uh, advertising Maven 
never transition to directing any film or TV dies. (laughs) (laughs) Completely useless outside of his own job. (laughs) Accomplished nothing. Accomplished Um, nothing. So, yes, that would be kind of funny. Aaron Aaron Wolf and Rohit Dewani die at music festival. They leave behind no kids. They didn't have any. Yes. Local morons, comma, Aaron Wolf and Rohit Dewani, comma, die at music festival. Um, So, and I also, like, what made it, I think this makes it worse for me, not better, was one of the excuses was that this is a headline that was directly pulled from AP because ABC News pulls from AP. But AP also has bots that generate headlines. And this was a bot-generated headline. Oh, really? Yeah. Which means, I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah. So I've, you guys already know my opinion on the state of news. It used to be great in the 80s and 90s, and it is absolute horseshit trash now because Twitter and social media ruined it. Um, and now you have to put out headlines so fast that you're relying on robot on bots to do that. And it's really, really sad. Um, so, but I think there's, there's one bright note I'm, I might add Aaron, cause I know that you were kind of you know, taken aback by the tweet a little bit too. There was a, a reply to the tweet that said, did an Eagles fan write this headline? <laughs> cause you know, Eagles and Cowboys are rivals. But then someone replied doubtful, no misspelled words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. That's pretty good because fuck the Eagles. Uh, so. Yes. So I'm glad they changed the story on that tweet. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Anyway. Well, that, that's our sports update. That's our sports update. But we have one more sports update. Oh. My fantasy team. Oof. Whoa. So <clears throat> I am just going to say it. Nobody wants to hear someone talk forever about their fantasy team. I realize that. So I'm not going to talk forever. I'm going to talk for 30 seconds. I have had a good team, very good team. I think I was in the running to maybe win the league. And I had over the course of about eight or nine days, 12 of my players (laughs) get hurt. On a 23-person roster. Yeah, 12 of them got hurt anywhere from season ending to at least a month. So I had to drop lots of my team because otherwise no one would be playing. And then other people picked up my players because they stashed them thinking they could stash them, but I don't have any space to put them. And right now I think I have six players that are on my team that are hurt still. And then three on the injured. So, um, and then one asshole in the league offered me uh, (laughs) Cody Bellinger, love him, but Cody Bellinger is terrible. For Max Scherzer, I don't know, maybe the best pitcher in baseball. And because they thought I didn't know what I was doing because I dropped these players, asshole. You don't realize everyone on my team was hurt. I had nothing to do. In order to field a team that gets any points at all, I had to drop some of these good players. And And Adam and Diz, if you're listening, we're not going to mention that it was you guys. We're not mentioning that it was you guys, assholes. (laughs) So, uh, by the way, keep the offers coming because I will make a trade, but not that. Come on. So that's it. That's my rant. I'm very upset. I think I will do terribly. I mean, I don't know how I can recover. All my guys that I drafted, like Chris Bryant, uh, my first pick in the expansion draft has hit zero home runs and has been on the disabled list almost the whole season. More like crap, Bryant. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, Peralta, who they picked up, they, he, he's out at least through the All-Star break. He was my second pick. And then my third one got hurt, too. Only Manoa was good. Manoa is a god. Oh, Teoscar Hernandez just came back, but he's been hurt the whole season. So anyway, that and then all my other players, I mean, you name it, they're all hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you have no idea how hard I'm pulling for both of you and Brian, the two new teams in this league, the expansion teams. That, like, I, I want you guys in the playoffs because I think it'll be fun. But do you see how it's, if you have 12 guys get hurt in a 10-day span and hurt, hurt, like they're done for a while, there's no, rec- I don't know what you do. No, Aaron, your team is unmitigated fucked. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. Well, yeah. that's a perfect transition to Hopeless TV. Yes. So, Aaron, now I'm just going to quickly recap. After this festival, you know, Aaron and I, we had, you know, we ate a lot of hot dogs and like burgers on noodles. The festival day. Noodles. Um, and so we were a bit silly uh, as we were walking out. And Aaron kind of gave me a recap of the original Top Gun, which I haven't seen since like probably the 90s when I was, you know, rewatching it as a kid. Um, And it was hilarious. And you were like, Tom Cruise, he just, you know, Maverick just gets everything he ever wants in life. But oh, no, his his, uh, you know, he can't get this one thing where it's winning a like a Top Gun contest and oh his best friend dies oh no now it's still about maverick about him achieving what he wants and then you just kept going and then you were like oh then they gave him a new flight uh teammate and you know it's like that black dude i don't remember his name but yeah then that guy's just trying to succeed and tom cruise is just like screwing it up for them well they they put in 1986 they put they put the black guy in just to get berated (laughs) yeah it's like jeez it's crazy. And yeah, so you were you were not loving the original Top Gun. Even though I, I do say, love it. I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And we did rewatch it. And then we saw Top Gun Maverick in IMAX mm. in Century City. Mm. And, you know, it was shot natively for IMAX. So we got the full aspect ratio for the entire two hours. Mm-hmm. And the sound, the subs under the seat was fucking incredible. And the movie, like you promised... Because you, you're a Hollywood guy. You got like a week early preview. It was amazing. It was awesome. And yeah. I felt hopeless after you gave me that really shitty recap of Top Gun after the <laughs> festival. And then I just want to say, I kind of feel hope. I, I, it was fantastic. If you people can see Top Gun in IMAX. Yeah. While in theaters, please, for the love of God, do it. Yes. And I'm glad I could give you hope because that movie, the, the new one is awesome. The old one is funny and ridiculous. And the new one is actually awesome. And uh, Tom Cruise in this one actually has a uh, like a soul and a character arc and like isn't just a perfect human who where mm. everything goes his way no matter what he does. Yeah. Um, and Jennifer Connelly is really hot. Yeah. She's still uh, good, the, got the good looking gene. Yeah. I think she looks better than she ever has. Yeah. She's got um, the really good looking gene. Yeah. So um, I'm glad you had hope from that, Rohit, and I'm glad I could be there. The full review um, is not publishable, but thank you for giving the recaps. Yeah, um, my pleasure. And then, Aaron, have you seen season four of Stranger Things yet? No, I got sick of it after season one. What? Yeah, I felt it got repetitive. Like, I just was like, I liked the concept at first, and I was into the retro feel, and then I just started to... But this happens to me a lot with shows 
they they either grab me and I have to watch them in their entirety immediately and I like lose sleep or I just get sick of it. So I got sick of it, but I saw it was like the number Netflix needed this because they're a mess. It was the number one watch thing they've ever had. The new yeah, season. It's over. Oh, I got to say. I was kind of like, again, are there still Russians? I, I, are there still Russians? Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's a little bit of Russian in it. Yeah. There's definitely significant actually rather Russian storyline. The first season I thought was really good TV. Yeah. The second season was kind of weak. There, Third That's what I'm saying. Fine. I gave yeah. up the second season. I was just like, I don't want to watch this anymore. The fourth season's a masterpiece. Really? And it is better than the first season. It is. They turned up the dial on production value. Like, it, this is like it's insane production value. They also turn up the dial on horror. Like it's actually kind of scary as fuck. It's like actually really scary. And like it's like first one looks like it was for children. You know, it's still great. And this one, it's like kids should not be watching this because it's like holy crap. So I have a, I feel hopeless right now. How do I get or can I get from season one to season four without doing two and three? Yeah, you can. Um, but it's so much more fun to go through it. You know, I feel like it'll unlock season four really great if you watch two and three, but you actually can skip right to it. Okay. Um, and then I feel yeah. a little bit of hope, but yeah, you're going to be like, wait, why is this person here? Why are they live? Who is this? You're going to have a lot of that. It might, it'll eventually make sense, but like, Oh God, no, actually it actually picks up right where season a lot of picks up right where season three left. So maybe I'll read about it and then I'll try. I'll just read yeah. all the recaps. It's yeah, it's really good. Um, well, anyway, so well, thank yeah, you I feel that. my hopelessness was that a lot of people gave up and are not going to watch this new one. But you just gave me hope because you think it's the most streamed Netflix thing. Yeah, ever. Great. Well, then we're good. All right, Aaron. I know we're we're running out of time, but I just want to quickly mention something. Yeah. Um, I have on our agenda acting question mark. And I'm feeling kind of hopeless, but I think kind of hopeful because I think I want to take an acting class and I wanted to ask you about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know it's very vulnerable putting myself out there, but I think it would be fun. But my hopelessness comes from like, man, I'm old. I'm 40 now. And I don't even know where to start. Um, And so, yeah, if you have any advice for me or anyone listening out there, what's what's your take? Because you are actor, director. I do have advice. Um, I think there's never a time to, that's bad to start something. So mm-hmm. I don't agree. With, so let's throw that out the window. That just is something that I don't believe in. Um, and then in terms of what I'd recommend, instead of these acting class theory classes and things like that, and I've done some of that. I did some of that in college too. And, you know, the Meisner method, that kind of stuff. Instead of that, I recommend doing one of the improv groups uh, classes. I think that okay. is the best way. There, the one I've done a lot, um, done all the like, you know, you, you you can start where you're not auditioning, and then you start auditioning. So I've done all that um, with the Groundlings. Um, overall, I learned more from that, and I think got better at it than I did from any of the acting method acting classes that I took. And especially if you're starting now, I would start with one of those and then interesting. And then you'll get a sense of just how to, how to 
be with someone else in a scene, even if you're making up the scene on the spot. Mm -hmm. And just how to react, how to listen in a scene, since listening is like two thirds of acting. Um, hmm. So I know none of this. Yeah. So that's why um, I would start with something like that. You could do UCB too, Upright Citizens Brigade. That's another one. But I just think you learn the most and get the most out of those rather than trying to pick up a method and. Yeah, I mean, there's some where they're less like that, and they there's even like three and four day, like, what do they call them? They're like just quit, like, like workshops, workshops where you're eight hours a day for like four days. There's some of those you can do, and those are cool, and they that that's how you like find your voice in a in a performing. But I think that the improv thing is the most fun, and you'll pro you'll probably learn a lot about just. I mean, because you're you're someone who's pretty terrible at dealing with people, and yeah. <laughs> and so I think this could just help you with your day to day existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me some confidence to give, talk to people. To you know, maybe to speak at. someday get on the stage and give a speech. You know, just things that you've yeah. never done. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my recommendation. Okay, thank you for that. Really, sincerely. Yeah, you're welcome, you. and uh, we can talk more off uh, off yeah, the show. Yeah about it but, but i figured i figured i'd save that for this episode you know hey maybe it's easy. yeah good. So, so that's my recommendation and um if anyone has any more thoughts or recommendations or uh please submit them yeah so aaron why don't you take us to the next topic yeah we're almost done so let's go uh rohit do you know where in the world bts is because, oh, just again, BTS, our favorite band ever. When we started this show, they weren't nearly as big as they are now. K-pop band, love them. Don't know, their, didn't know any of their music when we started being fans. Now we know more of their music because you can't mm -hmm. not know their music because it's on TV all the time. So where do you think they are right now? Well, I'm going to guess not U.S. because they're already in U.S. <clears throat> I'm going to guess not Korea because that's their home place. And I'm going to guess not Russia. Um, so those are three places where I don't think BTS is, which then leaves us with a few hundred countries. So if I was to guess, I'm guessing also you put it this agenda because it's going to be surprising. Oh, I didn't expect them to be there. So I got to eliminate stuff like Canada, UK, all that. So that's all out the window. So that means it's got to be in some place. You're like, what? BTS is there. Um, so I am going to go on a limb. Can you give me three guesses? First one is India. No. Okay. Um, the next guess is Nigeria. No. Am I warmer or colder than India than the last one? Am I getting warmer or colder? War Nigeria is warm. Warm. Okay. Oh. Warm like he it's hot there. Right, right. But in terms of my guesses. No, terrible. Okay. Was India warmer? It's going to be warm there, especially southern India. But, but it, in it, terms of my guess, your guess was terrible. Which which is closer? Nigeria, I think. I'm going to guess. Oh, Ukraine. No. Those are my three <laughs> but guesses. But I love so your I no guesses. Idea. I love. And this shows for all the children listening right now. That when they're teaching you in fourth grade, and I love our, our kid fans, I love our eight-year-olds, our seven-year-olds, we have lots of those. Uh, when they're 
teaching you about deductive reasoning in school, which Rohit just did, tell the teacher a lot of times it doesn't work at all. And Rohit <laughs> is a perfect example of that with his with his tri with his tries right there. Be because deductive reasoning is based off of assumptions and assumptions are not truths necessarily. There you go. Thank you. So, uh, so yes, tell your teacher they're wrong all to all our kids listening. And the answer is the white house. Oh, and the reason is they were speaking on stopping Asian hate. Oh, that's nice. And then after the white house, they went to a dinner with Coldplay, the band. <laughs> As one does. As one does. So I, uh, you know, your guesses were terrible, but they were fun. And I love the idea that uh, that they're using their voices, which are gigantic, to help stop the, uh, the problem in our country of Asian hate, which is, um, I know, something that you can relate to and is just yeah. a... Uh, you motherfuckers are sipping a lot of haterade out there. Yeah. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so that's where BTS is. They're not in the Ukraine. Uh, although yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, for all we know, they'll go and make a stop in the Ukraine and do a show or something. So uh, so it's time for Hope in 60 Seconds. Yeah. We got two quick topics. Aaron, let me start the timer. Um, I'll kick it off. Um, and this first topic is... Um, to go now the the san francisco chronicle reports that the word chief will no longer be used in reference to job titles in this sf unified school district in an effort school officials said to avoid the words connotation with native americans a replacement term has not been determined so you can't use like uh you know there's no like chief educator and none of that that and they're trying to get rid of the word chief where is this however chief actually comes from a french word that comes from a latin word and Where are they trying to do this? In San Francisco. Um, help find hope. Oh my gosh. So these people, these like super woke idiots, it's like everything doesn't have to be a damn issue for you assholes. Like it's like everything doesn't have to be some sort of like gut-wrenching, heart-tugging morality test. You idiots. Don't think of everything like that. They're a chief. Being a chief in an Indian tribe is cool. They're the badass. They're the head of it. Like, why do you have to make everything a morality tale and something about some social justice bullshit? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. San Francisco, especially. I'm looking at you, San Francisco. Stop. Like, yeah. like you're the problem. You're making people more rate. You're racist by bringing attention to things that have nothing to do with you. Or the race you're talking about. Just stop. Look in the mirror and realize your opinions on this stuff don't matter. You probably white guy from San Francisco. Yes. Aaron, your rant just gave me hope. So thank you. <laughs> yes. It was. Yeah, I felt that in my soul. It's the same story over again. Let's just get rid of words that are normal and nice. And just because other people might be offended when they're no, not, not even Native American people are asking for it to be like changed. Like, what the fuck? No, it's not even a Native American word. Native Americans aren't. But of course, the people of San Francisco are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, San Francisco. Anyway, your turn and go. I have uh, hopelessness for shoes because there is a serial sn shoe snatcher in New York City who has struck at least time. The man 
follows a woman and then takes one of their shoes from them and then leaves. He has done this at least three times in Prospect Heights. And like Flatbush, off their feet off their directly? Feet. Off their feet. And it happened the last time on May 24th in on, on Queens Boulevard in Rigo Park. So give me hope because I I just feel for women women with their shoes. That what a terrible thing. So this is like assault and robbery, like I think by the definition. So therefore not cool, but here's the hope I can give you. If you're going to steal a shoe or steal shoes, steal just one because it's extra infuriating because the other person like you can't even use it. You're just stealing it to be an asshole because you can't use one shoe. That means the other person can't use one shoe. If you were to steal both. Okay, cool. Somebody's using the shoes, but just stealing one itself is the pettiest, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And I do not steal it off of people's feet directly. Don't do that. And this guy's a creep, but Stealing one shoe is funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> so, that's my hope. <laughs> it is funny. It's like that, just like, I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to take one shoe of yours. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Well, thank you for giving me. I do feel hope after that. And <laughs> and look, look, yeah, I was going to say something that I'm not going to say because it's probably cancelable too. And I already got canceled once on this show. Uh, all right. So here is our submission for the day and to preface it, this is from Blake who from Los Angeles, who was involved with the, when I talked about the whole thing with herd mentality on a text chain and how everyone has to be a certain way. If you remember that from our last episode, it was involving a pitcher named Zach Davies. And so I am going to read you what Blake wrote uh-huh. because he was not too happy with my topic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He, he, hi, Blake. Hi, Blake. He wrote, listening to the pod, if Zach Davies wanted to release a statement regarding his divorce ghosting of his wife, I'd listen. Until he does that, it's my opinion that it's a shitty thing to do to your wife of 10 years. And I don't think it was a herd mentality on the group text. I think a few of us had the same view on this topic. So I want to say to Blake, I hear you. I thank you for your submission. I probably was overstating that everyone was thinking this when it was probably like three people. And I... uh, hear you with your point of view on the Zach Davies thing. And I still don't agree with you at all, but Roy, what do you think? And I'm actually, cause I know the last time we recorded was a few weeks ago. Remind me again. He just, he, he like ghosted his wife. his wife. Yeah. He ghosted his wife and then his wife on Instagram put up a statement. And I was saying like now truth tellers are one person's Instagram statement. Like we don't know the whole story. I will say this to Blake and Blake respect thank you for writing but i think what zach davies is doing is very brave because he's standing up for the socially anxious community and yeah yeah, and he showed that there's a way to leave your 10-year partner and do it in a way that's non-confrontational and (laughs) he's just opening doors and i think Blake, you should feel hopeful because, you know, social anxiety is really on the uptake since COVID started, since people haven't been, you know, around a lot of people. So if there's anybody that's a hero 
for the new generation of the socially anxious, it's Zach Davies. Thank you. Thank for you that. for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for that, Rohit. And <laughs> I hope we've, uh, uh, well, and I hope we've made this show hopeful for not just Blake, who's probably didn't like your response, but we'll see. We'll see what, if he chimes in. We're happy to hear a second response. Um, and uh, and now we just have two hopeful fields to end the show with what and look i hope we i hope we've changed the story a bit on mm -hmm. some of these topics this show so let's uh, i believe we each have a hopeful field yes and this one is like i think a hopeful field in progress i think johnny depp has just started his apologize to him tour um uh, not an apology tour but an apologize to him <laughs> because he's been smeared um not only by amber heard by by media publications by people on twitter by everybody by the studios that cut him from roles like pirates of the caribbean like uh the from this the uh from him playing uh what's his face in the newt scamander films a uh, fantastic beast he got he lost his job there so Warner from Brothers the highly anticipated studio. nick of time too nick of time too which is yeah that's like more anticipated than doomed dune too oh yeah um so the I think that there's a lot of people that now have to say line up to apologize because truth be told, I think abuse happens most often with men towards women in a relationship, but he was ridiculed and not believed because it does happen the other way. And I think it's important that someone that is big can represent the fact that men can get abused too. And Amber Heard is a terrible person and a liar. Um, so there's hope that it's fulfilled there that she's owing him $15 million. But I think it's getting chopped down to like 11 or something like that. Um, and I hope she goes broke and it doesn't really get tired again. Well, yes, I, I, as I think I, maybe I mentioned, maybe I didn't, I worked with her. Uh -huh. I worked with her and she was terrible and kind of abusive to some of the people right. on the set. So right. I, uh, I've never worked with Johnny Depp, but with her, I did a while, long time ago. And, uh, I, w I did not like her. So, um, and Amber, if you're, if you're listening right now, sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you. We yeah. love you. Thank you for your <laughs> listenership. Please be our guest, Please be a on, guest our on our show. We'd love to have you. I'm happy to cast you in one of my next films. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I loved working with you. I thought it was great. You're my favorite person I've ever worked with. And so I, and I, Oh, with the assault thing, can I just add one little tidbit Yes. about, a month and a half ago, I was at a concert down by San Diego, like a smaller concert, and you're just standing watching the band. And this woman who was dr like drunk, actually like assaulted me. She uh, tried to tackle me. Like, I didn't really know why. Like, she thought I was bumping into her maybe when it was just people were close together. And she actually did, and like I fell onto Kim kind of. Jesus. And so if you think that, and I didn't know what to do because at first I didn't realize it was a female. So at first I like went with my fist to like, am I going to have to punch someone? And then I look and it was a woman and she was like taunting. And I was like, oh man, I can't do anything. But she just definitely assaulted me. I didn't get hurt, but like she could have hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so from personal experience from not that long ago, um, yes, men can be physically assaulted by women. And uh, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm, I just wanted to 
further bring that up by with a personal experience from very recently because that happened to yeah me. that's 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 scary that's and there's it was nothing just weird. you well, could or should do about that. It's just like besides walk away because you don't need to bring in the violence. But yeah, I went away and then a security guard I think saw it and they booted her a few like a minute or two later. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Good. So that that's the way it should be dealt with. Yeah. And but yeah, that's crazy. And, and I think that you have one. More... I have one more big hope. And for anyone who's seen the film I made, Restoring Tomorrow, or listened to this show a bit, um, my grandfather founded these camps in Malibu. Uh, in. Uh, like 70 years ago like summer camps. summer camps that are also used year-round for all people of all races creeds and colors they're about all people about acceptance about bringing people together and they got burned down in the Woolsey fires three and a half years ago and they have officially they officially have the public plans to start the rebuild soon and I, I saw the plans this week and I'm just incredibly thrilled and anyone who listens who has watched the film or maybe you've even been there um they are coming back and it brings me warmth and hope and that things can come back and if you believe and have faith miracles do happen so it's i love that that's great man and and actually funny another callback uh, from earlier in the show we did mention adam and diz the the duo one of the, you know, that offered you the awful Cody Bellinger from Max Scherzer trade. I believe Diz, who's from San Diego, grew up going to those camps. Yeah, that he so, did. He did. And yeah. uh, and uh, they're, they've meant a lot to thousands and thousands and th- a zillion people have gone there in some capacity over the years from all around the world. So it's uh, it's great to see. And I guess that's how we can end this show is the, the story is being rewritten with the camps for the next generation. What a perfect capstone on another episode of The Hopeless Show. Until next um, time. Aaron, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And yeah, we hope you listeners out there feel invigorated, energized, and hopeful. And start your own new chapter in a story versus rereading the same one. Rewriting. I mean, you can, you can reread something as much as you want. You can, re- you can read the same chapter happening or you can write a new one. There we go. That's the better phrase. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't pretend to be smart. So we we are dumb. So dumb. So with that, uh, until next time, uh, much love. And uh, that's it. Yeah. And you can follow Aaron at the Aaron Wolf on all handles. You can follow me at Vohit for Rohit with a number four in the middle at all handles. And you can follow the hopeless show everywhere. Uh, Please like subscribe, tell your friends, write us and we will feature you. But until then. We're going to keep this ending going as long as humanly possible. Yes, yes. I do have a meeting I got to run to. But yeah, but Aaron, you can keep running on solo. And Just keep, keep talking about nonsense. These are like the Marvel credits if anybody's actually stayed this long. Um, <laughs> At this point, like tune out. We don't have yes, anything left. Just stop. We have Hit nothing stop. left to add. We- and we are about to also end goodbye. <laughs> and, but we're not quite done. <laughs> No, okay, now, now we're done. Now, now, we're now, done. now we're done. Now we're done. Okay, okay, goodbye. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through.